Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 8. The Red River Camp. Part 1. The great flapjack griddle was not the only noteworthy feature of Paul's Red River camp, however, nor did his men dine exclusively upon flapjacks, as one might perhaps think they did from the attention given that particular item of the menu. Indeed, other foods made up most of every meal, the flapjacks being merely served for dessert and the kitchen of the great cook shanty where most of the dishes were prepared was so big that the hundreds of cooks and all their helpers could work in it and never get in one another's way. Like everything else in any of Paul Bunyan's camps, the cooking was well organized, and each person in all the army of cooks, first and second assistant cooks, fire tenders, pot rustlers, butchers, and dishwashers had his own particular work to do, and did it in the quickest and best way possible. Even Ollie, the big Swede, had a place in the kitchen, a regular forge with anvil and all the special tools which he needed on the days when the cooks made up enough doughnuts to last the camp for the coming week. On doughnut days, there he would stand over his anvil, bare-armed and streaming with sweat, catching the doughnuts as fast as the cooks could pass them to him, laying them on his anvil and punching the holes in them with almost a single motion. In this and Paul's later camps, there were a number of men who had jobs that are never heard of in ordinary camps today. For instance... There was a crew of 11 teamsters with teams and scrapers who were kept busy all the time just clearing away the coffee grounds and eggshells from around the kitchen floor. Another and much larger gang had almost more than they could do hauling away the tremendous heaps of prune seeds that accumulated after every meal and piling them up on the roads. The prune seeds, after they were grated and packed down, made fine logging roads, as they only needed a little water sprinkled over them to make them slippery again, and then logs could be snaked over them with ease. Before the winter was over, Paul had a very good prune seed highway system over most of North and South Dakota. In addition to the coffee ground and prune seed crews, there were the men who drove the salt and pepper wagons going down the full length of one of the big dinner tables in the dining hall the first half of the week, filling the salt and pepper shakers and coming back the last half. The teamster that drove the ketchup wagon, though, always ran out of ketchup before he got halfway through with his trip. And so finally, one day, he became disgusted with such a job and dumped his wagon with its load into the river. That ketchup colored the water, which is red to this day, thus giving the stream the name of Red River, which it still bears. 
Of all the camp tasks, however, probably the lightest and easiest one was that of putting points on the toothpicks, and the man who filled this job considered himself quite lucky. The mess hall in the Red River camp was so large that Paul had to have lunch counters along the sides so that his men could stop and get something to eat while finding their places at the tables, or else they could get faint for want of food and looking for them. Under the huge beams of the roof, the tables and benches stood in rank after rank, as far as the eye could see, like an army on parade. The cooks always had to use field glasses when they wanted to see how the men were getting along with any special dish being served. No loggers before or since ever ate such wonderful food as did the workers in Paul's camps. Never was there such a chief cook as Hot Biscuit Slim, who lorded it over his many assistants like a king. He quite often forgot to provide some important item for the menu, it is true, but that failing could be forgiven him in view of his many good points. And Sourdough Sam, the chief baker and flapjack expert, was just as much of an artist in his field as was Hot Biscuit Slim in that of the general cookery, so that all of the men in the camp were never tired of singing their praises. Such wonderful food was served in Paul's camp that even the mice benefited from it. Just from picking up the crumbs that fell off the tables to the floor, they soon grew so big that they ran all the wolves out of the country, and the settlers that came into the Dakotas later on shot them for tigers. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.